so this is the first of these kind of um, supplemental, uh, I guess, commentaries I'm going to start doing on some of the stuff I either talk about on the podcast, stuff that's in the books, um, just kind of, I hope they're not rambling, but I guess ramblings, I don't know, um, the latest episode on, uh, chaos magic, I guess something that I want you guys to really understand when it comes to magic of any sort is that this isn't about this ceremony you're doing. It's not about any of that. It's about altering the way the mind receives the world. It receives the world and then gives you a perception of the world. That's what the mind is doing. Perceiving means to understand, regard, and interpret. And then it's telling you essentially what's in front of you, what's around you, what they think of you, what you think of you, right? So as I alter my own perception of myself, more importantly, I start to do two things. So the way I see myself is actually, it it tells me what's going on around me, right? Um, That if I believe I'm an unlovable piece of shit, you know, and I walk around with this program running in the back of my head, then I'm definitely going to look for confirmation around me, right? Uh, really what we're talking about is just extended confirmation bias, right? That, you know, if I believe that I'm a very lovable, beautiful person, then my mind shows me confirmation, right? Um, and as my inner world, like my, my self-perception, as those things start to change, so does my perception of the world around me. I start to see everything else differently. I heard Krishna Das one time. Somebody asked him, how do you know if you're making spiritual progress? He goes, you're easier on yourself and others. I believe that. You know, you start to, you, you start to see yourself differently, right? Um, I haven't always thought uh, well of myself, right? And, um, over the years I've really had to work with that because I started to see how my own perception of Keith affected the way I lived in the world, right? Um, so that's really what magic is. All of the ceremonies and whatever, and these rituals are really to make you feel as though you're doing something. I will say this, my own um, experience, whether it was, you know, rituals or ceremonies within Tibetan Buddhism specifically, um, did leave me feeling different. Um, There were uh, maybe sensations that I only experienced during those rituals or after those rituals. But I don't know if that's, I I don't know. What I do know is that my mind was definitely doing something. Um, and it doesn't mean that they aren't quote unquote real or whatever. It just means that the mind is the thing that changes. And I don't know how, like, I feel like I have to constantly reiterate. And maybe I feel like I have to constantly reiterate that because I don't like hear directly from anybody. It's not like we're sitting in front of each other and I can get confirmation that you understand what I'm saying. The sooner you realize that your world and your experience of earth is your mind 
the sooner you're going to be able to start to change things, the sooner you'll see active changes. It's you, it's not them. And I don't care what the subject is. It's you, it's not them. And so what I go over with chaos magic, the way I perform it myself, the way I understand it, I have given this practice or practices to other people, uh, kind of dressed them up in a different way, in a very clinical way, and have found success with them. Um, sigils and, you know, sex magic and these things, I've had experience for myself that was meaningful, that was changing, but I haven't found it to be really, uh, it's not something that I would tell everyone to do because, or give instruction because I, um, I don't know, you know, I guess, you know, when it comes to something like sex magic, I think it's the way it's looked at that is important, you know. On that note, um, if you really want to understand some really interesting, if you, a really great deceptively esoteric occult book is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, uh, as well as any of the uh, Carlos Castaneda, no, I won't say that, Carlos Castaneda's two books, A Separate Reality and Road to Islam, I believe are crucial, specifically Road to Islam before anything else, um, especially the very beginning of it, it explains a lot. Um, and as he does, you know, Carlos Castaneda wasn't a great author, um, a bit, I don't know what the fuck, how, how to even, you have to just read it. It's not bad, it's just like... Yeah, well, I always I, I, I revisit that book, Road to Islam, a lot. A lot of it's like, what the fuck are you doing? What is this? But it's been like invaluable in my life. Um, Chogum Trungpa actually did a whole thing on Carlos Castaneda and the teachings of Don Juan Matus um, at Naropa University, I believe, in the sixties or seventies. Um, but you know, you know, just to touch on sex magic, what you're talking about that sexual force, the force to, let's, I'll just say when you're horny, that is the creative force of the year. It's the urge to create. It's the urge, it's creation itself. The urge of God to create something, right? And in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, he talks a lot about transmuting sexual energy. Um, and it's an interesting chapter. It's definitely worth looking at. Um, in my experience with it myself, using that creative force, harnessing it and making art, writing, doing whatever, I find myself to be more creative. Um, it's a subtle energy, but it's very powerful. I, I use that one a lot. Um, and as far as like, you know, what they talk about with orgasm, orgasm is, you know, it's this, what's funny is that when you talk about human sacrifice, um, bloodlet, you know, we cut something and use the blood. It's, it's the same as an orgasm, you know, like the, the French or somebody calls it like the tiny death that like the idea with sacrificing, like the person performing the human sacrifice 
is using that person's death, their slow death, their, ah, the pain as a way to launch their desire into the universe, like to thrust their desire into the universe to make it so, right? That is the life force, right? And that's the same as orgasm, Um, whether it's with a partner or by yourself. Not sure how we got there, but um, so... (laughs) Chaos magic, um, the word chaos is a bit shitty to use with it. I believe it's distilling, you know, right-hand path, left-hand path bullshit down into like, look, this is what we're doing. Even like the, you know, the OTO or Golden Dawn or whatever these like old like fuddy-duddy magical orders, it really was just tricking these people into believing their own bullshit. Like that if you do, like, I'm going to do this ritual because I want this thing. I want this experience. I'm going to do this ritual. And it's the belief itself in the ritual, right? That goes, I did this. I believe in this ritual. So there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to happen. So with that lack of doubt and that power, the the person that performed the ritual starts, you're just waiting for, for this to happen. So you start to see the opportunity. See, this is what I'm talking about. The mind starts to see it has like, Oh, look at this. They said that they said, Oh, you look nice today because I did that ritual. This is the reason when people talk about all of this evidence that prayer works, that's what it is. It's the person's doubtless faith in prayer or doubtless faith that God will answer your prayer that God's got this and God will make this happen for you. And therefore the mind is now programmed to look for God making this possible. Now chaos magic, you don't go outside yourself. You realize that the power is within you. It's personal power that you know you're powerful enough to do this, that it's you. You know, it's not that there's a saying, not my will, but thy will, O Lord. Well, what I'm talking about is not thy will, but my will. Right? And will's a funny thing, but... And I realize I'm dancing a weird line here, but whatever. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's the power of this thing. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about training the mind to look for the thing whatever it is. And, you know, uh, if you're somebody who believes that life is very hard and everyone's against you and the world is a horrible place, then you know what? You say that bullshit enough, your subconscious mind looks for it to be real. It finds the opportunities for hardship and difficulty. The mind is a pattern-oriented meaning-making machine or mechanism. That's what it is. All things are empty. It's all emptiness. And then we come along and we fill each symbol because the mind is using symbols to tell the body how to feel, right? Well, all of those symbols are empty. And since those symbols are empty, the mind is filling them with meaning, right? Uh, Some people hate grits. I love grits. Grits is a symbol to you. It's like, ooh, what the fuck? For me, it's like, "Mm, mom. Right? I think of cheese grits. I think of my mom. Cheese grits and fried fish. My favorite thing in the world. And it's funny because lately, I've, I haven't really 
you know, missed my mom until lately. Lately, I've been like, God, I want fried fish and cheese grits so fucking bad. I'd, I'd love to go back in time. So as a kid, my mom would fry these mounds of frog legs. So my dad would gig all these frogs and then we'd clean them. And she'd fry all these frog legs and put them on a paper bag in the middle of the table. And me and like whoever was visiting, and my mom and dad, <clears throat> family, whatever, we'd sit there, talk, and like eat frog legs, dip them in butter and like hot sauce. And like at the time, I didn't know how important that was, you know. But that's that isn't that the nature of all of it, right? Like you, you know, you don't know how important it is. You know, I wish I could go back in time and just kind of like sit there and really pay attention you know whatever um, but yeah so it's all symbols and the symbols are telling the mind or the body rather how to feel those symbols are filled with meaning by the mind and it looks for patterns in those symbols now why would so if I'm if my mind is set up to look for patterns of hardship why would I why would my mind and body do that if I'm only concerned with surviving and thriving well I'll tell you because the mind doesn't care the mind isn't like, oh, this is hard, this isn't. Mind, I almost honked while I was recording. <laughs> That's how much of a reflex that is. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the mind, evolutionarily speaking, patterns are consistent. Consistency is safety. Uh, patterns are predictable and consistent and predictability and consistency means safety. So in some, you know, backwards, sideways way, your mind finds safety in hardship, finds safety in difficulty, finds safety in complaining, because you know what? People are always doing this bullshit and that's safe. And I don't believe you're deciding to do it. And some of you go, oh, I know somebody, I'll eat yeah, we all know them. Maybe we're one of them, right? Like I have certain things, man. I'm far from like, I know I sound like a cupcake on a moonbeam, but I assure you, <laughs> I assure you that I, I have tendencies that are less than admirable, right? Like I didn't get into this shit cause I'm well adjusted and like, no, I can be a fucking mess sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes my little, you know, my mind will just go off on a tear and <laughs> here we are, right? That's my curriculum, man. I'm working on it. Um, anyway, so, uh, chaos magic. I'm going to do more of these. Uh, I'm going to do, um, I don't know. Some of you wanted to hear, uh, I guess when I read that piece, that didn't go make it into the book. You, uh, a lot of you liked how, you know, I did it without notes and it was very personal and whatever. <clears throat> um, you know, some of you said, you know, just be your authentic self. Motherfucker, I'm always my authentic self. Even when it's a shit show, that is my authentic self. And when it's very structured and regimented, that's my authentic self too in that moment. I'm both of those things, right? I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. You know, when someone's not being their authentic self, that's also their authentic self. So we can stop saying that now, please. Um, but yeah, uh, I do, I'm a note taker. I like to keep things on task. I like to make sure that I'm being informative and helpful. Uh, that's my intention for the infinite spark of being. 
uh, and that is my intention for my life. I've decided that this life for now is going to be me trying to be helpful. So, all right. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening.